No, you had a, you had a story on the phone. You're telling me that you you ended up you told me you hooked up with Courtney Love and Kurt Loder. <laughs> That's a you, yeah, oh, Anthony. That that yes, I, there is a story there. Um, let's hear let's hear the story of that. You are now listening to the best show in the universe, the Anthony Rogers Show. You probably wish that this was your show, but it's not. It's the Anthony Rogers Show. Tell all of your friends to listen to this show. This episode is brought to you by DIY Gift Kits. Go to DIYGiftKits.com. Um, they have an array of different things you can make. Uh, my favorite's the hot sauce. Um, they basically have these two different hot sauce kits, one being super hot, one being hot, that basically uh, you could just make your own flavor of hot sauce through these kits. So do that while you listen to this episode. Welcome back to the greatest show in the entire universe. Um, every other show sucks. Um, we have Today we have a huge guest. Uh, uh, came to prominence uh, and fame from uh, winning uh, the first MTV uh, Who Wants to Be a VJ contest. Uh, seems like kind of a cult of personality since uh, uh, Jesse Camp. You may remember him, like, if you're my age or fucking, like, alive, I guess, at the same time that that happened. How you doing, brother? Anthony, it's an honor to be on your show. I'm a big fan of you. Um, and uh, I think you're hilarious. I love your show. And um, do you know, though, that there's another Anthony Rogers, Evangelical? If you type in Anthony Rogers on YouTube, there are a lot of um, religious videos. Yeah, yeah. You have to go to YouTube.com slash Anthony Rogers for the videos, yeah. Because there's, like, this guy, like, uh, and I'll, I'll, it's a positive message. You know, I like if people can look me up and get a, get a, <laughs> some, I don't know, some faith in their life. I don't know. But, no, but I still don't. Yeah, there's a, probably so many fucking Anthony Rogers, man. Like, there's, like, uh, there's so many of them, dude. There's a dude that was in, like, Grease Live, and it says when you Google me that I was in Grease Live because uh, there's another Anthony Rogers that's in a fucking play or some shit, dude. Like, Oh, no, he plays Rizzo in Grease on ice. <laughs> that is the Rogers. Yeah. He's pretty, ta- he's pretty talented, you know. Uh, we go together, like, wah-ba-da-ba-da-ba-shim-ba-da-ba-ding-dong, and then he does, like, a, a whole silhouette. It's, you know, there's... A lot of tough choreography in Greece, let alone trying to do that on ice skates. So that Anthony Rogers is pretty talented. And, it's a lot better. You know, I prefer him actually. He's like he's probably my favorite Anthony Rogers. Like, well, you are the go Anthony Rogers. I mean, that's <laughs> without question. But I uh, I was a little confused because I, I I was like, okay, yeah, the Anthony Rogers, and I kind of looked it up, and then you know I was wondering wait am, am i being asked to be on a on a christian show and um and this close after easter and so i prepared a uh uh a easter joke um and i know that this is the wrong anthony rogers show to do it on but nonetheless i think it's still pretty funny so it's the last supper and jesus christ Jesus H. Christ is there with his 12 disciples and he pulls out a giant loaf of bread and he says, guys, this bread represents my body. So, you know, in a moment, just have at the bread and eat it like it's me. Um, And then Jesus pulls out a giant vat of red wine and he says, uh, this red wine 
represents my blood. Um, and then Jesus proceeds to pull out a giant Costco-sized mayonnaise jar. And before he can say what that represents, Judas was like, oh, Jesus, we're good. We don't need to know what the mayonnaise is. I think we got it. Because it's his ejaculate. The mayonnaise represents Jesus' ejaculate. Are you trying to pitch me the the, the second Christian Anthony Rogers show? <laughs> that's why I, I feel like that's your pitch. You're like, okay, we're gonna we gotta compete with the name. We gotta compete with the name. We gotta stay Christian. We're gonna keep the same theme. We're gonna take down all these focus, all these bullshit decorations behind us. We're gonna <laughs> start our show. So, uh, what do you? So, you're working on a TV show right now, you said? Yeah, I'm working on um on a couple of shows. Uh, honestly. No BS, because I, I know I like to make up funny stories for entertainment purposes, but um, I'm, I'm working on a show, Anthony, this is 100% uh, serious. It's called Freak City, and it stars um, two girls. One is Danny Miller from the band Surfboard, and um, the other girl is, um, she's a former Playboy model. Her name is Ashley Smith. But they're both like, you know, like, um, you know, like mid 20 girls. And it's kind of um, uh, basically they have like a electronic band and it's kind of like, it's kind of like a modern day Laverne and Shirley set in kind of like Highland Park, um, you know, uh, hipster Los Angeles. And so cool, uh, on, the, on the show, I play, it's a big stretch. I play a VJ on a dance program, if you can believe it. But, um, you know, but it's a lot of fun. And, and I've been, um, you know, uh, getting to help write a lot of uh, the scripts and stuff like that. And, um, you know, so that's, uh, yeah. And so I'm going to be on, but we're making uh, six episodes at the moment. So that's... Uh, one of the things I got going on. And then uh, another thing is I've been hosting um, this thing called Sustain the Scene, which is a, a bi-weekly uh, live stream fundraiser um, every other Friday night. Uh, and if uh, if you go on like bands in town and stuff, or if you just go sustainthescene.com, um, or even if you go on YouTube and just type in Sustain the Scene, you can see a lot of the old live streams. But it's cool. Basically, uh, I host it with a, a comedian uh, named Nina Tarr, and uh, every week we have two different musical acts. And then um, basically, you know, uh, we're trying to raise money to keep a lot of the local uh, independent Los Angeles music venues uh, alive, you know, uh, especially, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's really rough goings. Um, even though we're getting close to the end of, of the pandemic, it's, it's, you know, still here, at least in California, you know, um, when venues are allowed, I, I think that by June 15th, everything is going to be pretty much open, but there's so many mom and pop places that have gone under. And I know, um, I wonder in St. Louis too, I mean, actually, Anthony, how is St. Louis? How is the um, the local music venues and, and things like that? Have they, uh, I know that basically, uh, well, I was going to say the Los Angeles, you know, like the real estate's a lot more expensive and, and rents are higher and stuff. But at the same time, I don't think that there's any area in America 
you know, if, if it's like a, a, a hip area or bottom line, if there's money to be made, real estate agents are like, you know, flipping those neighborhoods. And so what I'm saying is that if this was like the 1970s, we could probably have, you know, a St. Louis venue and call it like, you know, um, the, the, um, the blueberry hill archery, darchery, custard pie, uh, emporium, um, and you know, it wouldn't cost much to, to keep it running, but basically now I'm sure even in St. Louis, you know what I mean? It's like, you know, if you're not paying your rent, like there's a Chipotle just waiting to like take your spot. Uh, yeah, no shit. Yeah. It definitely, you know, like, yeah, yeah, 60% of local business throughout the entire United States collapsed during this bullshit. And, like, uh, uh, most of the state doesn't care about this at all. Uh, Missouri basically just laughs at this shit. And, uh, but inside the city of St. Louis, uh, they definitely uh, just gave their economy to the county, basically. Like, every, they closed everything down for a while, and everybody went to the county and laughed at them, basically. Or, or everybody sat in their house. I mean, depending on what they did, you know, it's like some people do that. You know, whenever there's, like, um, you remember, I don't know if this when you're in school or not, but, like, uh, they're like, okay, there's an earthquake. Hide under your desk. <laughs> like, it's like the same kind of thing it's like uh it's like okay there's some crazy shit going on and like nobody knows what's going on we're doing the best we can type shit but like a lot of things fucked up i feel like you know yeah 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 absolutely and that's pretty stupid advice especially in an earthquake you know Just... yeah you should see what they do in a pandemic <laughs> <laughs> i'm just joking but um but no man so it's cool I'm, thank you for taking the time i appreciate you uh like you seem like you're a cool dude man like um so we'll, I like let's get this is like time capsule shit. You probably hate answering old shit. I would, I get it, but like as a person like hosting a show, <laughs> I just want to say it's interesting, man. Like, uh, so like, what was that like? Like, blow, you're pretty young. Uh, what was that like? Just blowing up, being like a huge VJ and shit in, in the beginning of your career and stuff. Like that was pretty much the beginning, wasn't it? Like, yeah. Um, I mean, it's it's been an amazing. It's really been an amazing life. I mean, so. The whole MTV thing happened when I was uh, when I was 19 years old. I was yeah, you're even... young. That's crazy. Yeah, I, I mean, I was in. I think I had graduated. I was basically it was like less than nine months after like graduating high school that I was on MTV and I won the contest. And long story short, for people that don't know the story, and also I want to say for people at home. I do hear my voice and I know that I have the tendency sometimes to talk in a high register if I'm not being careful. So Anthony, if need be, I can talk down here low or should I talk in my normal speaking voice? I just don't want, uh, uh, you know, your viewers to, uh, have, uh, hearing issues, but I'll try to go somewhere in between, but long story short, um, the year was 1998 and basically, um, MTV was kind of in a transitional period. Carson Daly had just been um, hired to sort of be like the new face of MTV, and MTV had just built this brand new uh, Times Square uh, location studio that, you know, looked out on Times Square. Um, and uh, so basically, kind of to promote this whole new look of MTV, MTV had this big contest, and it was called Who Wants to Be a VJ? And uh, just to put this sort of in, um, you know, uh, its historical place, and I didn't mean to sound douchey like that, that oh, th this is historical, like the Gettysburg Address or something. It's but still history. It's, it's still history. It's pop culture history. Pop culture history. There you go. And um, because in a lot of ways, um, MTV for a long time was really 
at the cutting edge of pop culture. And, and what I mean by that is that you could really make a, uh, a strong argument that MTV really did kick off the whole reality television phenomenon with uh, the real, real world. world. Yeah. yeah, for sure. So, and that was in 1992, you know. And so long story short, MTV had this contest in 1998. And this is um, about a ye- like two years before even the first American Idol, let alone the first American Ninja let alone the first Iron Chef, let alone the first, there wasn't even RuPaul's Drag Race. There was really nothing like that. I mean, I think the closest thing there had been is something like Star Search, and that was like in the 80s. And so anyway, MTV basically made this big announcement that they were going to have open auditions for people to come to the New Times Square um, studio and an audition to be their new VJ and that basically out of all the people that would come down and audition, MTV would um, uh, basically uh, narrow down to 10 people and then from there, those 10 people would be narrowed down to 6 people and then from there MTV would have like a big 4 hour contest on a Saturday where everyone across the country could um, you know, either call a phone number or go online and vote for who they wanted to uh, be the VJ. And so long story short, um, you know, I, I, uh, I went there. I mean, I was kind of, um, uh, you know, like tooling around New York. I'm from Connecticut. And so, you know, New York's, it's like, um, it would be like if you lived in Springfield, Missouri, you know, and you would go to St. Louis because that's, the main thing or would you go to Joplin I don't know both are Joplin. great places <laughs> Joplin. Jo- Joplin's a very world famous Joplin <laughs> like, <laughs> every, place, every place in America is always like we are the crystal meth capital and um, <laughs> oh yeah every, yeah every every like southern area is like that and every city's the crime capital yeah I know exactly. hey, are, are you on the Oh, I love I love these backdrops. You are sitting yeah, behind a. Uh, uh, <laughs> oh my gosh, would you, would you look at, at 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 the horrors of time, ladies and gentlemen? From that to this, but you know, uh, what? Hey, actually, I, you know, I, I, I that was a handsome kid, but that was you know, that's like a, a Justin Bieber, like you know what I mean, and um. No, no, not like a Justin Bieber. But what I mean is, you know, if you look at Justin Bieber now, he too has grown a mustache and, uh, you know, looks a little ratty. But I tell you what, you know, I think um, a life well lived means that you're going to have some wrinkles on your face. And if you don't look a little older, then you really weren't living, were you? But this is a giant problem I have, Anthony. You got to really be a taskmaster and help, like, keep me um, on the page because no, I, you're your own energy, man. I, I like your energy. I like letting I like letting free spirits roam, man. I'm, I'm out here to cage animals, you know. Like, <laughs> I just want I just want to hear. I, I like your vibe, man. I can wander around and around, and then it's like 20 minutes later, and um, you know, we we didn't even finish the story. 
because there are so many amazing things to talk about. Definitely, I want to circle back to Joplin because what I was just going to say is that, I mean, uh, I got some crazy Missouri stories to tell you about. Um, like once I was at a rainbow gathering in, um, it, the, I think the closest city was Springfield, but I think technically it was in Arkansas in the, like the Ozark, Ozark Mountain. Oh, are you talking about those and, festivals? You talking about those festivals they have out here? Like those like, uh, those Midwestern like music festival type things. Called the Rainbow Gathering, which is sort of like a more, a more hippie-ish uh, Burning Man. You know what I mean? But, um, My buddy was in a reggae band. He played all that shit. Like he played all through like there's all through the Midwest as those like kind of festivals, like a thousand, two thousand people here or there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, and, yeah. And, but Missouri is a dope ass state. And so, listen, the fact that you're from Missouri, I, I, I love it. And um, and then just to finish the thought on Joplin is that basically, you know, all of these places you go there and people would be like, we're the crystal math capital of the world. And, you know, <laughs> I'm sure that, you know, there, you have a lot of, you know, by the week hotels where people are cooking up shit. But, I mean, I would have to say that Oildale, California, which is the armpit of Bakersfield, and Bakersfield is arguably... Uh, the armpit of California, I'd say that Oildale is definitely one of the crystal meth capitals in the fact that it's like basically if you pull up there, even if it's like 10 p.m. at night, um, you'll see like a 75-year-old lady, oxygen tank on, mowing her dirt at like 11 at night. And I, I'm not saying mowing her lawn. Literally, she's mowing a, a thing of dirt, cigarette, oxygen tank, and just, you know, utter chaos. So shout out to Oildale. But I was going to say that Joplin, Missouri, if you're, you know, if you were traveling from St. Louis to Oklahoma City um, or, or Tulsa, there's no way you're not going to go through Joplin. And so, yeah, Joplin definitely is a, um, uh, it's a hot city. Not hot like that it's like Miami, but it's hot as in that it's like, you know, Shit's getting stolen 24 hours a day, you know, insane drama and just, you know, I mean, uh, you, a lot of, a lot of uh, sadness and, 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 and poverty, um, you know, and hardship and, um, you know, and just people coping the best they can. I don't know. It's, 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 uh, it's, a, it's a rough world out there, but Joplin, I think has a lot of heart and soul, but also a lot of meth. So there you go. I feel, like, I feel like when, you, when you're like in Italy. When you're in Italy. No, you cut out. What did you say? I couldn't hear you. Did you? Well, I think that Senator Manchin says there's no circumstance in which he would vote to get rid of the filibuster. I can't hear what you say. I can't hear what you say, but like cut out. Oh. Can you hear me now? Yeah, yeah, now I can. Okay, okay. But I was getting, I was, we are back. The fog is lifted. The earth is shifted. We've raised the gifted. You knew Anthony Rogers would be back, and he is, and so am I. And so, long story short, basically, you know, um, I was 18. I went down to the Times Square location, you know, uh, auditioned, and they called me back, and then... I ended up as one of the six finalists, and then people voted for me. 
and I became um, an MTV VJ. And this is right in 1998. And what was so amazing is that basically, literally, I got to be there for a giant cosmic shift in pop culture. And what I mean by that is that like, um, you know, like for, I basically, long story short, the contest, you were supposed to uh, be on MTV for like two weeks, but due to popular demand, I ended up on MTV for almost like a year and a half. And then um, I was able to uh, parlay that into making my own record and uh, having my own band and going on tour. And then, you know, from there, life has been, you know, a crazy journey. I'm sure everyone knows my, uh, my phenomenal children's book series, Wobbly the Wazoo. This is Wobbly. Oh, guys! But... Well, I'm more with Wobbly later, but for now, um, yeah, what I was going to say is that in 1998, when I won that contest, basically, um, Sync, Backstreet Boys, Britney Spears, that was all blowing up, and then at the same time, um, as far as, like, hard music goes, you know, you had, uh, Marilyn Manson came out with, like, Mechanical Animals, and, um, and when the Dope Show came out, I mean, that was really, like, a uh, a wow kind of thing. And then at the same time, um, corn and uh, Limp Biscuit broke. And I was an incredibly lucky kid to um, be there at the time. I mean, um, yeah, I mean, like, you know, and uh, working with MTV, MTV would send me out on the road with corn. You know, I would, uh, and then I was basically there for like the first year and a half of uh, Total Request Live and um, got to see the whole journey of that show basically when that started in september 1998 it was uh carson daly as the host and uh john norris and kurt loader as the news and then i would be like the on the street correspondent um and uh basically when that show started no one really knew about it and so i would literally like be in Times square just trying to find someone to banter with about the um the Backstreet Boy video coming up, but within like a couple of weeks, you know, uh, TRL just blew up instantaneously to the point that there were like thousands of, of kids, you know, there in Times Square, and that became just a, a whole insane thing. And um, yeah, and so, you know, I feel um, always really, really blessed and lucky to uh, have, have, have been at the right place at the right time. And um, it was it, it was truly an amazing era. I mean, and, and working at MTV was great. Every day you'd get there and you'd never know who would be there. I mean, I remember I remember being there on a Monday morning and like Courtney Love was in the main green room and J-Lo was also there. And yeah, I mean, it was an insane time. I mean, this is, yeah, that was, it was a great era. I mean, like, um, you know, I, tons of stories. I mean, like, you know, and, and New York was really, really rocking then. I mean, like... Um, you know, you, you had Eve, the Rough Riders, DMX, um, you know, uh, I remember like sometimes I'd just be walking in the village and you'd see like Q-Tip from A Tribe Called Quest and he'd just give you a ride wherever you needed to go. And Buster Rhymes was all around and um, yeah, it was, it was a very, very, very cool time era um, for sure. And I had a blast. And then, um, yeah, and then I, uh, I put out uh, a Jesse Camp and the 8th Street Kids, which wasn't a huge commercial success, but um, 
Uh, I got to be the opening act for In Sync on their um, No Strings Attached Stadium Tour, which was just insane. I mean, basically that In uh, Sync were playing stadiums at that point, and they had this ginormous show where. Um, there would be like a, a giant helicopter circling the stadium right before they went on. And then like five uh, men would like parachute from the helicopter behind the stage. They weren't actually in sync, but then in sync would like come onto the stage like in full, um, you know, parachute mode. And yeah, I mean, you know, the late 90s, early 2000s was, was a, a, a really amazing time for sure but uh i just babbled for a whole long thing there so let's open the floor for questions anthony <laughs> oh me me okay uh th thanks for calling on me uh i was <laughs> no you had it you had a story in the phone you're telling me that you you ended up you told me you hooked up with courtney love and kurt loader oh um Yes. Um, not sexually, of course, but well, um, that's a yeah. Oh, yeah, Anthony. That that yes, uh, there is a story there. Um, let's hear. Let's hear the story of that. We're gonna take a break for a second. I'm going to tell you about one of our sponsors, and the Ancestral Spirit Church. Um, it is created through a dedicated path working with ancestral medicine to accomplish a mission for the highest good of all beings, seen and unseen. With the support of their family, walking hand-in-hand -hand with our ancestors, taking a huge step for the collective by creating a sacred space for healing. This is offered through prayer and ancestral medicine ceremonies where we share sacred wisdom from communities around the world. They provide additional healing opportunities through retreats, workshops, yoga, um, they're basically starting to lay the foundation of their vision. If you feel called to support their mission, you'll be accepted with deep gratitude, reference, and love. You'll be honored to have the capability of creating with respect, integrity, and loving awareness. Um, so go to their Etsy or Facebook group, link in the description if you're interested. It's not Courtney I'm worried about. It's more the other Kurt, Kurt Loader, you know. But um, I'll just say this much. Kurt Loader, he has a very apt last name because he is a very heavy loader. What I'm trying to say is he's, um, he's very profuse in his ability to ejaculate. But was there a three-way with me, Courtney Love, and Kurt Loader? Was there perhaps a two-way with either me and Courtney or Courtney and Kurt and one of uh, the other people watched? There's, you know, the truth is never black and white. It's always shades of gray. And so there's, um, there's a lot of true stuff in there. But um, I don't want to throw Kurt Loader under the boss but again i mean that man has nothing to be shy about and um he is a uh, a multi-loader he's more of a loader than even sting i mean you know he's he is uh as uh, not only does he have an amazing tan but he's an amazing tantric lover 
funny. What, what, so what, what are some other like crazy ass stories? Like you, you were in like the height of pop culture for like that time. What are some other crazy ass shit? Just like, uh, like at that time, like. Oh, I mean, um, yeah. Where to begin? If you give me a name, I can kind of, I, I can tell you a story. Uh, Fred Durst. Doris is a very cool guy, um, and if you uh, if you go on YouTube, you can find a very early Limbiscuit clip from an episode of Lunch with Jesse, which was the uh, the summertime um, beach house show that I hosted, um, which was really really awesome too. Basically, like for the summer after I became a VJ, MTV was doing their um, uh, they were televising all their, their uh, summer activities from uh, a beach house uh, in Seaside Heights, New Jersey. Um, and so what was really cool is that basically kind of MTV kind of gave me like a half hour slot in between videos every day from like 1130 to 12. And you could basically have on whoever you wanted. I, would, I mean, I'm definitely, I mean, I'm always going to be a huge hair metal, um, you know, fan. And so uh, basically, there was a great kind of like venue in uh, Old Ridge, New Jersey, where a lot of old um, hard rock bands would play that summer. And so we were basically able to kind of like sneak on uh, Sebastian Bach, Rat, Warrant, uh, D. Snyder. I think that we did like a five part uh, week at Sebastian Bach's house. We couldn't play any of the videos. We'd have to like play Beastie Boys Intergalactic. But so... Long story short, we also did have cool kind of up-and-coming contemporary bands on the Lunch with Jesse show. And um, uh, one of them was uh, Limp Bizkit, like when they were just starting out. And so um, if you go on YouTube and you type in Limp Bizkit Lunch with Jesse, you can see a very early Limp Bizkit appearance. And then I also um, must have had uh, a lot of spirit in me because... I, I somehow ended up freestyling along with Fred Durst and um, it wasn't, it wasn't, it was not, it was not half bad or, you know, I don't know. It wasn't, it definitely wasn't, um, uh, you know, Tupac by any means, but you know, it's, 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 if you want a good laugh, that's, that's a funny clip, but um, yeah, I mean, I still see Fred a, a, a lot around town Um he did a movie like about a year and a half ago that a friend was working on starring John Travolta. Um, and John Travolta is a, I've, I've, I've met him a couple of times. That guy is, is, is seriously um, as cool as they come. He's really, really hilarious and really, really cool and really so super down to earth. Um, and um, you know, uh, Basically, yeah, I think that he, uh, I'm definitely not saying anything about Scientology. I definitely don't want to have members of the Sea Org parking their boat near me. I definitely don't want to be tailed, you know, um, like Cheryl Crow says. And by the way, Cheryl Crow is from what state? Uh, Missouri, yeah, she's from there. She said, um, if it makes you happy, it can't be that bad. So Scientology makes you happy. You know, 
paint out for a bigger view. You've met a lot of fucking people, man. Like, yeah, you got like uh, pictures with like Ozzy Osbourne, Joe Biden. You got a lot of fucking people. I mean, I can tell you that that Ozzy story. I mean, that's um, that's an amazing one too. So basically, before the Osbournes, um, the television show started. Uh, basically, long story short, um, Kelly and Amy Osbourne, because there's another uh, sister, Amy Osbourne, that that wasn't on the Osbournes reality show. And uh, she's kind of, uh, you know, uh, kept a uh, kept kept a, a more of a of a lower profile than Jack and um, Kelly. But long story short, basically, I think it's 1998, and Kelly and Amy at the time were both giant Hanson fans. I'm a big Ozzy fan, and so MTV got this idea: why don't we send Jesse to Ozzy and Sharon's hotel to pick up Kelly and Amy, and then Jesse, being me, I don't like to talk in the third person, then I'll chaperone them to a Hanson concert and then bring them back. And that's exactly what happened. And so that picture of Ozzy choking me out was uh, right before um, uh, Kelly, Amy, and I and an MTV crew flew to, I believe, uh, Bristow, Virginia, basically the, the amphitheater area for like the um, the uh, Metro Washington DC area to see a Hanson concert. And so, yeah, you know, there you go. I mean, uh, you know, uh, that's, that's a crazy one. There I am with Joe Biden. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, a, I'm genuinely a huge fan of Joe Biden. Um, I have a sister who's a, um, a fabulous photographer and she and I work together a lot on stuff. And so we were basically, um, like uh, last, the, right before the pandemic hit, this is, I guess, January, uh, January, early February of 2020, we were uh, visiting our mom and dad who live in um, Cape Cod, Massachusetts. And basically, um, that was when uh, they were having all the presidential, the Democratic primaries in New Hampshire. And it's pretty insane that like a year and three months ago, Joe Biden was actually like fifth you know, um, because you had like, uh, well, of course, Bernie Sanders, but there was Elizabeth Warren, Pete Buttigieg, um, a, a bunch of people running. But the, the very cool thing is that uh, New Hampshire and Iowa, because they're the very, the, the first two states uh, that vote in the Democratic primaries to eventually nominate the uh, Democratic candidate for president. Basically, long story short, if it's, um, January every four years and you go to New Hampshire, you can literally meet like every, oh, John Travolta. And those are the two girls from Freak City. There you go. But I was going to say that, um, long story short, if you are in New Hampshire uh, in the January of any, you know, um, election cycle, you can literally meet every single Democratic candidate like five or six times. And so uh, we went to like about like eight Joe Biden rallies because you could like, you know what it was? It was like getting to see like your favorite band like play in like really, really small clubs before. And now it's like, you know, if you want to see Joe Biden, yeah, you're going to have to go to, to the Staples Center or you're going to have to go to, um, hmm, I don't, the Sprints, or, I don't know what the big arena in St. Louis is. But what I was going to say 
is that um, back then, you know, you could basically see Joe Biden in front of like 250 people in the Nashua High School gymnasium. And so we got to hang and meet Joe Biden um, a bunch. In fact, we actually ended up becoming like on first name on a first name basis with him. Um, and I uh, because, yeah, I mean, Joe Biden. Hey, I, I genuinely I, I, I love the man. I mean, I listen. I mean, I, I know that at the end of the day, if someone were to ask me, what's the difference between a Republican and a Democrat? I mean, ultimately, both are politicians. But I would put it like this. If it was Thanksgiving and you had a, an entire house of Republicans and a homeless person were to walk by the window, all the Republicans would get all angry and be like, it's your fault that you're a homeless person. It's you. There's, it's fundamentally wrong. Uh, something's fundamentally wrong with you. Get away from our property. Get out of here. Get lost, you homeless beggar. And then the, uh, and then the Democrat Let's, would be the homeless person. <laughs> well, I mean, the de- you see, the thing is, is that you're right. I'm just, I mean, fucking, the de- around. I'm just fucking around, bro. <laughs> no, they, they wouldn't beat him, but the Democrats, I mean, the Democrats aren't going to, like, invite the guy in and give him a shower and give him, you know, a job. But at least the Democrats wouldn't yell at him and would, like, put a plate of food out there for um for him to eat and so he at least can survive you know what i mean and ultimately i mean it's the difference between like a a um you know like a a six hundred dollar you know like um six hundred dollar stimulus check or like a fourteen hundred dollar stimulus check and i just think personally it's disgusting when you know uh, you know what it's like it's like this it's like basically like if you're taking a girl out on a date and you make a big fucking deal about like you know uh, like because she wanted to order two things off the dollar menu, you know what I mean? If I were the girl, I'd be like, "What? What the fuck am I doing here?" Uh, if I had any respect for myself, I'm not gonna be with a, a dude that's this fucking cheap. Like, hello, I mean, like I'm fucking a human being. I'm worth at least a fucking like two for five dollar Whopper deal, you know? And so that to I'm me, gonna take Jesse out, get him a Whopper. Don't be a fucking, don't be a cheap bastard. <laughs> <laughs> Don't fuck, don't fuck with it. Don't fuck. No, but, but, but what I'm trying to say is that it's basically like you can really judge a country um, by how well they take care of the, the most disenfranchised, um, you know, person among the population. And uh, I mean, yeah. And so it's, it's you know, if you want to know what, what um, America really thinks of, of its people, you know, just look at, uh, look at those Republicans that it's like such a bitch to give them $600. I mean, I'm, I don't know if you've been following the whole thing with, um, with Amazon and, um, you know, down there in Bassemer, uh, Alabama, which is basically Birmingham. Um, you know, I think it's freaking awesome. I really hope that they vote to, uh, to, to uh, create a union there. I think, I mean, yeah, it's just, it's, it's. What's going on? I don't know the story. Like elaborate a little bit. I don't know which, uh, what you're talking about right now. Well, basically, like, there's a guy named Jeff Bezos whose head looks like a penis cap. I'm familiar, and, I'm familiar with Jeff Bezos. <laughs> I'm and familiar. what's crazy is that, you know, you know what? I really, th- I can't tell. I think that there's basically, there's, there's two. Okay. If you were to look at every single problem going on in the world, um, whether it's, you know, uh, economic inequality, you know, uh, racism, every kind of injustice that's out there, I think you could basically trace it back to one main problem, and that's greed. 
And um, I think Black Lives Matter is is beautiful. I think that um, you know uh, the Me Too movement is 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 also uh, you know uh, incredibly uh, is an incredible movement. But I I would like to see you know there be a movement where greed where where greed is shamed basically. And and you know quite honestly, I mean if someone is watching this on YouTube and they haven't paid for like the premium YouTube you know, chances are that our conversation is going to get interrupted um, quite often by, you know, uh, these videos that pop up. And every time a video pops up for me, it's some douchebag, like trying to be Mr. Entrepreneurial and, and like, you know, and, and like basically be like, you know, I live in, in uh, Maui and I have a RAV4 and I used to live in my mom's basement, but now I found this way to get rich. And so basically it's just, you know, Look, bottom line, capitalism only works if people hate themselves because if you actually have healthy self-esteem, you know, you're not basing your self-worth on what kind of iPhone you have. You know, you can get by with the iPhone 9 or 10, you know, but the point I'm getting at is that, yeah, is that, that I think greed, either it's greed or it's tiny penises that are the 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 center of all the problems on this planet because if you ask me about police officers that whole expression oh you know there's just uh there's just a couple of bad apples most of uh, them are really great i don't know but i tend to think it's more the other way that they're mostly bad apples and there's some good ones you know doesn't where you're at doesn't where you're at but they're, they're, sh- they're shitty everybody's man the thing is this, I, I agree with you, but I'll say this, that there was a, in, in my home state of Connecticut, and again, I'm not a Connecticut, but um, what I was going to say is, because people from Massachusetts are massholes, and then people from Massachusetts call people from Connecticut, Connecticut, but the point I'm getting at is that there was a big lawsuit in Connecticut because the, um, the police in Stamford, Connecticut wouldn't hire someone to be a police officer, and the reason they wouldn't hire him is because his IQ was too high. And think about that. They don't want to hire someone because the IQ is too high. I mean, you don't, you don't need me to, to dissect that, but I'll break it down anyway. I mean, it's, bottom line is that, you know, you don't want anyone that's too smart to be in that job because if they are, they would start questioning. I don't know, quite honestly, you know, how if you have a conscience, you could even really do that kind of job. What people I think it's really supposed to be about, a noble job. I think it's supposed to be a noble job, but the criminals took it over. I think basically like, you got rid of the mafia in the 70s and stuff. So, I mean, basically, if you want to be a lifelong criminal, you pretty much have to be a police officer or like, or something like that to, to not go to jail forever. I mean, I, I think they just became yeah, a mob. But, yeah, no, you make, you make a good point, but at the same time... The job's noble. I, they just don't act like it. Like, the job, it's a noble <laughs> job. They're just not doing it. Sure, but then, I mean, like, that'd be one thing if, if you didn't have the whole thing of greed. And then from greed... You have, you know, uh, privatized prisons and that's fucking privatized prisons piss me off. Like that pisses me off even here. Yeah. Like, slavery. Oh yeah, I mean, like, and, you know, you look at Jim Crow. I mean, basically, it was, it was, you know, uh, yeah. I mean, it was basically like, like uh, in Texas, and people forget kind of like, you know, a lot of the shit in Texas, but a lot of those, you know, bottom line is this: it was like basically, oh, we can't have slavery anymore. Okay what you whistled at her okay now you're going to be a prisoner for life and now we don't have to pay you you know and, and i mean yeah, and now you know, it's free free 
prison labor. Oh, sure. that, that, you know, it's, 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 it's just the, you know, yeah, I mean, it just, just the evil and, and it, and obviously it still goes on today, but what I'm going to, what I was going to say is this, is that it's basically like, um, you know, one thing that doesn't even really get talked about in like all this, like the fund of police or, or anything like that is, and this is something that affects everyone is the fact that it's sort of like this. Okay. Bottom line. Um, fire trucks right you have the fire department anthony do you ever see like fire trucks just driving around randomly like in case there's a fire that they see to put out <laughs> no, no that's a good point that's happened they're in the firehouse and if there's a fire they get a call and they're there wouldn't why why should police be any different well you know basically what they'll say is oh we need to make our presence felt because we being out there we're a deterrent for crime Bullshit. The fact is, if you actually were good at your job, that's all the deterrent you would fucking need. You know what I mean? It's like if, if like Bat if Batman were real, and I know that if I like rob the orphanage, Batman's gonna fucking find out and get me. I'm not robbing an orphanage. Why am I robbing an orphanage? I don't think that there's a whole lot of money there to be had. But then again, I mean, it's like every every place where there's money, it gets siphoned. You know from. I mean, you know, yeah, I mean, intrinsically, and that all goes back to greed and, you know, uh, uh, yeah. And, but what I'm getting at is that it's like, this is the point I was going to get at. Do you notice, so bottom line is this, is that it's like if police were actually really good at their job, they wouldn't need to be having this whole, like, theatrical thing of, of driving around and intimidating people and basically trying to instill fear in, you know, in the most disenfranchised, uh, people basically like the, the job of police is just simply to protect the interests of the rich and to raise, you know, revenue. And that's another giant thing is that it's like, I don't know why people aren't more pissed that it's like basically the three last days of every month, you know, whether you're in St. Louis or whether you're in New Orleans or wherever you are, you know, you're going to see an insane police presence where basically everybody and their brother is going to get pulled over. And that's the time when all of a sudden, you know, Every taillight, it's a ticket. Every minor traffic infraction, it's a ticket. It's a giant shakedown to raise revenue. And that happens because they have quotas. And why do they have quotas? Because basically it's like, you know, you have like really corrupt police unions. And basically to justify the budget that they get, there needs to be a certain amount of crime. If there isn't this certain amount of crime, then we can't justify you know, our local police force, like in Ferguson, I mean, like back a couple of years ago, like when you went, when, why did, why the fuck does the Ferguson police department own like uh, dilapidated army tanks? Why is the U S army selling Ferguson police? I mean, it, it's disgusting cosplay. I mean, like then when you see like, you know, Brianna Taylor, when you see like these like police raids, it's just a bunch of fucking dudes with two inch penises that fucking like hate themselves. And like the one area like where they can feel like they can get a little bit of power back is when they put on the giant uniform and they can cosplay and like fucking like, you know, like, you know, break down somebody's house, you know, at least two out of three times. It's not the actual house of the person they were claiming that they wanted to get. And then it's like, you know, you're breaking down someone's house over like some bullshit fake war on drugs giant warrant you know i didn't mean to go off on a whole tangent here but it's it's genuinely 
you know, it's fucked up. And the whole privatized prison system, yeah, it's basically like let's, you know, it's basically like storage units, you know, for people that, that you know, don't have means of, 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 of having any kind of actually decent legal representation. And like, you know, a public defender is going to basically, even if their heart is in the right place, they, they're really helpless to not sell you down the river. And so, yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's really, it's a fucked up world. And, and thank God in a lot of ways that, that this last past year has, has you know, I think COVID it's horrible how many people have passed from it, but in a lot of ways this year has been truly amazing because it's really put a spotlight on on the inequalities and and just genuinely how how uh, how disgusting this country is in a lot of uh, it, you know it, it's a final thing out of my long winded mouth. Um, there's a great scene in this movie called Coming Home with uh, Jane Fonda, Bruce Dern, and John Voight and um, and this is before John Voight, again, went all crazy with his politics. But he's playing like a, uh, a Vietnam soldier who comes back. And he's um, basically talking to a group of high school students about his experience in Vietnam. And he talks about how when he was their age, you know, he was really sold the whole American dream and, uh, and, 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 and to be patriotic. And, you know, how, yeah, I mean, like the reality of it is, 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 is America is... America is not the, 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 the place that tries to, to sell itself as. I mean, the whole American dream is basically like a fake lotto, you know, and, and the thing of it is, is that it's like, yeah, I mean, honestly, this is a country built on, on stolen land and, and just it, it's been evil from the jump. And so I'm not saying that other you know, Western countries, you know, I mean, my God, you know, like, uh, look at England and all their colonialism and everything. And I don't know. I mean, at the end of the day, I go on and on in circles about this. And I guess the point I'm trying to get at is this, this is my final, final point on all of it. This is my thesis statement. Then I will talk about anything fun. But if I were a space alien coming from outer space, landing on planet earth, and I were to look around at all the living creatures on this planet, um, and I were to look at, you know, human beings, animals, every kind of living creature on this planet. You know what I would say the most intelligent creature on this planet is? Definitely not humans. It's behind me. It's forests. You know, it's trees. It's forests. You know, basically, if this tree is low on nutrients, you know, it can communicate that to another tree next to it underneath the ground. The roots share the water and nutrients. And basically, you know, yes, a forest, if you look at it, you have several blades of grass, several different trees, several different ecosystems, but it's still one whole thing all working together. And, you know, um, I think that mankind could have that potential. I mean, uh, but ultimately, the people in power, a.k.a. the greediest of, of us, you know, yeah, I mean, it's just divide and conquer. And what I was getting at with Jeff Bezos is, yeah, I mean, you know, one man whose head looks like a penis cap. And again, this is the small dick theory, is that it's like, you know, if I had billions of dollars and I'm spending that money to build rocket ships, you know what I mean? 
I think that's basically a great metaphor for trying to build what I physically don't have. I mean, if Jeff Bezos, honestly, just take $2 billion to elongate your penis, you know what I mean? And then give the rest of your money, you know, to everyone else, then there could be some real good in the world. You know, I think a Jeff Bezos with a decent sized penis could be a great dude and could actually like, you know, let me just say this is that basically so in alabama what they're trying to do is that there's finally it's one of the first ever amazon warehouses where the people have finally gotten together to be like you know what we're sick of like not being able to fucking like urinate when we fucking need to we're sick of not being treated like humans like basically you know that like even five six years ago before amazon started that a warehouse job was actually like you could you could have a decent living at it. You could make even like twenty five dollars an hour working in a big UPS, FedEx, you know, whatever distribution center warehouse. You know, Amazon is like, oh, we pay our employees fifteen dollars an hour. It's better than minimum wage. What they're not telling you is that it's like fucking anytime that Amazon builds a warehouse in any metro area, fucking um, you know, the wages of, of every other warehouse go down. And so basically Amazon is pretty much turned like, you know, um, uh, a warehouse work into basically minimum wage. And the bottom line is, yeah, they, you know, obviously they're exploiting people. I mean, my, you know, it, it, it's just, it's a thankless, horrible job working in an Amazon warehouse. You're treated like shit. There's like so many instances like they're like where you'd have like senior citizens working there that would like have a heart attack and die and there'd be like a dead body on the floor and people would be like, yeah, just keep working around the dead person. Do not fuck up our numbers. Productivity, productivity, productivity. And yeah, and genuinely, you know, this this world, it's I mean, yeah, I mean, it's basically, you know, uh, this this whole gig economy is all again a way of like exploiting people, you know, like some dude is like you know, delivering Uber Eats for 14 hours and you, you know, and your bottom line is really anytime you're working for someone other than yourself, you're going to fucking be taken advantage of. But the final thing I'm getting at is that like the Amazon warehouse in um, Birmingham, Alabama, they're actually unionizing and Jeff Bezos and all the Amazon, you know, higher ups are doing everything they can, you know, to keep that from happening. Because if they do vote and unionize, that's going to be like wildfire and you know then you're going to basically uh you, you, you people will be able to somewhat take some of the power back i mean like you know giant corporations with their shareholders and all that i mean you know they're always gonna uh, yeah you know i mean try to move the, the the business to like a third world country where you know we can exploit 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 i mean you know, and, um, but when I'm, yeah, it's just, yeah, it's, it just all comes back down to greed. And I genuinely think that if we could somehow, this is my question for you, Anthony, do you think that there's some way to change the public consciousness in even the greediest of CEOs, you know, and so that, and I, and you could call it socialism. I would just call it like the golden rule. And it's insane to me how it's like Republicans like think that they are, um the party of jesus i mean if jesus were alive he would fucking completely be a democrat are you you know like if he had to even like choose i mean i'm, I'm i think he'd be disgusted by all of it but what i'm getting at is it's just like yeah you know jesus died for our sins but who died so that jesus could wear sandals without socks that's an a million dollar question but just i just was trying to 
add a little light there, a little levity. But here's the bottom line is that, yeah, so that's why it's really, really important that, that, that I'm really hoping that the, the people at the Amazon warehouse in Birmingham, Alabama, unionize because, yeah, there's, I mean, there's a hell of a lot more. Uh, and I'm not saying anything Bernie Sanders hasn't said a million times better and, and more eloquently, but, you know, um, I mean, yeah, there's, there's, there's far more of you and me and, and everybody and, um, you know, and uh, yeah, then, then there are of the Jeff Bezos, you know what I mean? And so, yeah, I just, you know, it's, it, bottom line is, is this, is that, you know, Jeff Bezos, I mean, if he just took one billion dollars and the man is making, I don't even know how many, like, like 180 billion a year or something, it's just take one, I mean, yeah, I mean, even you see how even like a stimulus check, like that really makes, that really affects people when they're living on the bottom line, you know, and, and um, yeah, and so I guess the, if I could say, if I could put everything into one quote, it would be, you know, we need to um, make, you know, try to change the public consciousness so that, you know, everyone, their brother isn't like, how can I make a fake, you know, YouTube ad about my get rich system and that everybody is like, you know, like trying to, uh, you know, hate themselves and therefore be a false version of themselves. I mean, it's a really weird world. You know what I mean? Like, um, you know, social media, you know, it can be very fun and stuff, but I mean, you know, you don't get it twisted. Don't get too, you know, there's, I feel there's so many, so many kids that, you know, like, you know, uh, there's such pressure to kind of like be this online presence that, you know, you, you're missing out on being your authentic self. And that's, that's what it is, is that this entire world, you know, and the evils of it basically do everything they can to take people from being their true authentic selves. And it just sucks when someone's life is just all about survival you know, when then you get like Jeff Bezos hoarding all the wealth, you know, so that like millions of people working at his warehouse have to fucking not be able to have the basic autonomy to go to the bathroom when they need to fucking go to the bathroom. That's fucked up. You know what I mean? And, and so there you go. Thank you for letting me rant and, and get that all out. Hey, uh, thanks for listening to the greatest show in the universe. And without sponsors, the show, well, it wouldn't it wouldn't happen. So go to AfricanDreamFoods.com. Get some this ghost pepper sauce. It's really good. They also have habanero chili salts, fiery smoke seasoning. I mean, they just have so much good stuff. Like the jalapeno fermented uh, jalapeno sauce is great. The the ghost peri peri sauce, the smoked chipotle salt. Like they have so many good flavors and spices. So go to AfricanDreamFoods.com and support our sponsors. Thank you.